We got some more talk on the podcast today about Roberto Luongo and his accomplishments. We're also going to talk about the Colorado Avalanche. Is them winning the Stanley Cup, does that give hope for the Florida Panthers for their chances to win one in the future? And we're all go- also going to talk about some transactions that happen with the Florida Panthers on this Wine and Wednesday edition of the show. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, June 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, it's been a really celebratory week for me, myself, and a lot of you guys uh, who follow this Florida Panthers team. Of course, you don't want to see your rival ever win, of course. So the fact that for Florida Panther fans not seeing the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup, it's a it's a it's a great feeling around here in these circles. But also, once again, Roberto Luongo being elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2022. We went through a whole detail of his Florida Panthers career, the first stint, the second stint as well. But Yesterday, with the announcement being that he was in, everything was had to be just thrown out the table of what I was originally planning on ch- chatting about for Tuesday's episode of the show. And of course, the still the the recognition that Roberto Luongo is getting, all the articles that coming out, all the media sessions, quotes, everything that's been coming out from Roberto Luongo as of the last 48 hours has just been just great to great to read, great to listen to. And just even though that we haven't seen much team success with Roberto Luongo in the mix here with the, with the Florida Panthers during his time, just the fact that he's been able to leave his mark in the community on and off the ice continuously. And he, he's a, he's a Panther for life. And I want to bring in my guest of the show, Jacob Winans, on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It's always always good to be here. Absolutely, man. And, you know, like I said, yesterday was a solo episode of Locked On Panthers where I went in depth with about Roberto Luongo's career. But I want to give you the floor for a few minutes because you are part of the show, my friend. So I want to get your thoughts on Roberto Luongo being elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's. I can't think of anybody more deserving of the of the honor as far as Florida Panthers go. Um, he's definitely the best player in the history of the franchise. Uh, the only guy who has his jersey retired. Um, and yeah, he 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 meant a lot to the team and still does as he's working in the front office. Um, if you look back at his career, you think about uh, 
just the, the highlight reel saves. Um, his his career was was filled with with stolen games. You talk about goalies stealing games. Um, he did it better than anyone. And um, honestly, he of course deserves much better luck as far as playoff success. Um, it's unfortunate the Panthers were never in a position to give him that, but uh, his longevity to be able to play to 40 years old as a as a goalie it, that's almost unheard of, especially a guy who handled the workload that he had. Um, it, it's the the fact that he was able to bridge the gap to a new goalie in Bobrovsky. Um, that's huge. You don't have that that layoff in between where you're trying to fill that gap. We went from Luongo to Bob and. Uh, Luongo having his having as long a career as he did was a huge part of that. Um, and obviously for me, uh, all the all the hockey highlights are fantastic. He was uh, an insane goalie to watch, just miraculous saves on a nightly basis. But nothing will ever top his uh, his speech that he gave in the first home game after uh, the MSD tragedy. That that was that's the highlight of his of his NHL career for me. That was I was in the building that night and it was. Um, extremely memorable i'll never forget that and and he really um left his mark on the community that day so unbelievable honor for for lou and and to be a first ballot hall of famer is huge yeah and as far as i i told i told my story about meeting him in person like of course him being retired at that point in tampa just this last year i only i only got to see roberto luongo as as far as in a game three times in my lifetime uh, 2016 against the against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Sunrise, where Ben Bishop got pulled after the second period after giving up four goals. Vasilevsky, no one knew who he was at the time, uh, just comes into the third period. Second time was against Vasilevsky in 2018, and then the the third time was in 2019, his very last season with the Panthers against Henrik Lundqvist. So got to see him play uh, with the opposing goalie on the other side. Each opposing goalie that he was against uh has had an appearance in the stanley cup final and he himself having an appearance in the stanley cup final as well but i i want to read some of the tweets from some of the fans uh i sent out a tweet from the locked on florida panthers page on memories of roberto luongo and i want to read a few of them on the air um Ru at rude deck says in the early 2000s i went to a keens versus cats game i held up a panthers puck and asked luongo if he he'd sign it he mentioned to me to to toss it down Tossed it to the pen and pucked down. He signed it and tossed it back up. Ironically, I was wearing my Mark Parrish sweater at that game, which, uh, like I detailed yesterday in the show, Mark <laughs> Parrish was part of that trade uh, for Roberto Luongo to the New York Islanders. Next one is uh, at the ghost underscore host. Met him several times when I was growing up in Florida. He was always a great guy, and a ton of autographed Panthers memorabilia is autographed by him. I became a Panthers fan in 03, and he was the first player I idolized. And that's a and he also reacted with a picture of Anthony did uh, of him and Roberto Luongo back then. Uh, David Bierman at one Panthers. He said after he was traded to Vancouver and the schedule came out, that his return was uh, February 1st of 2008. We moved our rehearsal dinner from a cruise to the arena for the game. We create a special ticket and Lou signed the ticket. And then <laughs> at rambling book says, Went to my first Panthers game in 0102. I didn't know anything about hockey. Immediately fell in love, and he was in net at the time and became my favorite player. When he got traded back to Florida, I went I went to a fan event where he where he and a bunch of other players signed a jersey for me. And she sends a picture of the signed jersey by the players in the early 2000s. So lots of 
it, it, anyone out there, if you have any more memories that you have of Roberto Luongo, we're, we'll be celebrating all week here on Locked On Panthers of Roberto Luongo being elected to the Hall of Fame. And then when he officially gets inducted, we'll be talking about that then. But uh, just let's also – one thing I didn't mention on the show yesterday, Jacob, was um, his international career as well. It, and you think about the goalies he had to be out on his own team to become the main starter for Team Canada – we're looking at Martin Brodeur, who started for Team Canada early on, and then Roberto Luongo took the crease the rest of the way. And of course, another future Hall of Fame goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury as well. Mm-hmm. And Roberto manned the crease uh, throughout that whole run to the gold medal for Team Canada. And he was the and the amount of future Hall of Famers that's going to be on from that team canada team in 2010 winning um, with Sidney crosby scoring the game winner and uh, against the winningest goalie to come out of the u.s and ryan miller on the other side for team usa L- let's read the numbers a little quick quickly 5-0-0 in the in the 2010 olympics and a 1.76 goals against average and a 927 save percentage two-time olympic gold medal um uh world cup gold medal two-time w um IHF and then a silver medal in in um, U20 uh, and just not only was it just the Panthers and the Canucks it was just his international career as well. Yeah, that that run in 2010 is is absolutely memorable for Team Canada, um, and, and it was it was extra special for him because he was the goaltender for Vancouver at the time, and that that Olympics was held in Vancouver, um, so he got to he got to win that gold medal. Um, and he was, he was fantastic in that run. That game is probably one of the best hockey games in the history of the sport, uh, that gold medal game against Team USA. So I, I know I watched that one as a USA fan, hoping we'd pull it out. But, um, yeah, you can't say enough. And, and that Sidney Crosby goal is iconic. But Luongo was the, the man in the crease, and he, he went undefeated that year. So that was, that was definitely special. And, and you talk about all these accolades. And as, as Panther fans and with the, this current core on the team, just extremely fortunate that they got to to play with him. And there was a, a period of time where Luongo and Yarmir Yager are on the same Panthers roster. Just the amount of, of knowledge that this core was able to take from that. And, and the fact that they had two of the greatest players of all time as mentors and Luongo is, is really the face of the franchise. So um, it's, I think we're still reaping the benefits of his, of his tenure right now. Mm-hmm. And being with the front office for three years as well, and being let let's also recognize that he was the GM of Team Canada last year in the World Championships, who eventually won gold uh, against mm-hmm. Sergey Bobrovsky when the Florida Panthers got eliminated. He went uh, he went to the Double um, IHF Worlds, and Roberto uh, came victorious in, in that one. So just another accomplishment for Roberto Luongo on the GM side of things. And before we transition over to the uh, to the second segment of the show, I do want to plug an article that I just finished reading about like 30 minutes right before we started recording is an article from the Hockey News. My, of course, our good friend Aaron Brown, multiple time guest on Locked on Panthers about a Q&A that she had with Roberto Luongo just an hour after he was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame, spoke about uh just the topics covered i'm not going to give his answers uh, about the trade to florida the trade back to vancouver playing 70 plus games multiple times 
the Blackhawks rivalry with the Canucks, and of course, the Twitter. <laughs> we can't there. You can't you can't have Roberto Luongo without uh without talking about his uh, Twitter presence. So it, it's great that he's on there as well. And of course, uh, re, a re, a good recent tweet for uh, Roberto Luongo, just to name one is uh when kodak black visited fla live arena and of and of course uh when uh henrik lundquist uh retired uh as well so just some of the funny iconic moments that uh that roberto luongo had um but yeah uh jacob any any uh final words before we transition over about um luongo yeah, I feel like you pretty much covered it all there, but the, the word you said was iconic and he's absolutely an icon, uh, great ambassador for hockey in, in South Florida. And um, yeah, I think he's got a really, really bright future ahead of him in, in the management side of things. Uh, you think about the goalie success department, uh, his, his GMing Team Canada and his work in the Panthers front office. I think, uh, I personally think he's going to get his name on the cup one way or another. So um, I think he's got a lot ahead of him despite his his uh hall of fame recognition as a player he's got he's got a lot to look forward to on the other side of the game hmm. and um you you mentioned name on the cup uh that's a good segue to go over the next segment uh which we're going to talk about with the colorado avalanche winning the stanley cup does that give us hope that the florida panthers will eventually be the next team to hoist lord stanley's cup we're going to talk about that next in the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL um, playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and sports. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Quickly noticed after I read that advertisement that the ad still said uh, NHL playoffs, Jacob, with the with mm-hmm. the season being over. So my bad, everybody. So got a proofread right before read it before so that so but you know let's continue this conversation um with the panthers we spoke about the avalanche a little bit yesterday talking about them clinching the stanley cup but i I do want to read a tweet from tim reynolds of the associated press talking about the colorado avalanche winning their cup and kind of kind of some of the ties that goes in with the panthers possibly this year that that there's a few things that connect. So this is Tim Reynolds' tweet is Avalanche in 2021, President's Trophy, lost in the second round, ended on a four-game losing streak, came back next season and won the cup. Panthers in 2022. President's trophy. Lost in the second round. Ended year on a four-game losing streak. Came back next season and dot 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 to be determined. Jacob Winans, does this run by Colorado give you hope that eventually this could be the Panthers um, making a run next year? Uh, yes, and and I think the the reasons are are in the the way that they lost. Um, I think Colorado last year was very much like the Panthers were this year. I think they felt they had everything they needed. Uh, they came into the playoffs 
as President's Trophy winners, they they were pretty much the favorite in any series that they went up in, in any series that they would have faced that year. Um, and then just kind of had a second round collapse and it was surprising to everyone on the roster. Um, I think that was, was kind of the catalyst for this season. Um, uh, they, they were very much a team that was not going to stop at any adversity. Um, and I think having that playoff heartbreak, uh, the disappointment in themselves last year kind of propelled them to what they did this year. So in short, yes, I think, I think that gives the Panthers a blueprint to look at. I think this is different than Tampa getting swept in the first round. That was a complete and utter shock and, and they bounced back from it. But this with, with what Colorado did last year, I think this one gives me more hope than that Tampa uh, story. I think we mo- more closely align with Colorado and their path to the cup. And um, you tend to need that, that big playoff disappointment to, to propel yourself to the, to the run the following year. So I think, um, yeah, definitely. I, I really do think the Panthers have what it takes to follow uh, in the footsteps of what Colorado did this year. Let me add on to your point because you were saying how Colorado's run is more in relation to what the Panthers are trying to do than Tampa Bay. And here's why the, in the last eight years, the Tampa Bay lightning have made six conference finals before this year. It's been a while since the Colorado avalanche had even made the conference finals in this era of avalanche hockey. They hadn't even made the conference final. They were getting out of the second round right now for this year before the Florida Panthers eventually won the, won a first round series that was getting out of the first round. I hope that it's not the same story that Colorado had with their, where they can't even get out of the second round. That's, that's the hope. But uh, there, there was a conversation on the Jeff Merrick, uh, Jeff Merrick show with Brian Burke, uh, who was funny enough, the GM of team Canada, when he picked uh, Luongo to be part of that team, wasn't his GM in uh, Vancouver. And talk about how it's a lot harder to win a Stanley Cup in this era of NHL hockey based on where COVID is and having to make some of the harder decisions uh, for each and every team. And that, despite the core for Colorado being there, they're going to lose a lot too. I don't think mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri is going to uh, come back. They're, they could very well move on from Darcy Kemper as well, even though he won a cup with Colorado. I I, I can see a scenario where they they can move on from Darcy Kemper as well. So there there's going to be a lot of turnover. I mean, we saw the Montreal Canadiens even though it was a dream run. I don't want to call it a fluke. That that I think it's very disrespectful to call any team that makes a, a that great of a run a fluke, but it was an unlikely run. They lost a lot of their team as well due to due to expiring contracts and of course up against the cap. They're still trying to trade Jeff Petrie uh this coming off season. So it's a little harder to try to create, make it happen. But what what matters is that there's still that core there for the Panthers and and the, and the nucleus of this team. Yeah, definitely. So we we have our our stars in place, and the thing with with making a run is it kind of requires a year where everything aligns for you, um, everything goes in your favor. You need to catch some breaks, and you need the salary cap to be in your favor to keep your window open. The Panthers have the salary cap situation. It's in their favor. I mean, they're, we're going to lose some parts this offseason. There's no doubt about that. Um, but the thing is, they're going to be depth pieces. It's not going to be any any massive part of the core. 
So next year, they should be well positioned to do something similar to what Colorado did this year, where they have the, the core and then you just have to supplement it the right way. Um, like you said, Colorado is going to lose a lot. I think Montreal lost an absurd amount of talent from their cup run. And that's why these, these chances come so few and far between. Um, you can't keep everybody. And when you have a chance to do it, it it's very likely that that could be your only chance. Uh, Tampa is kind of an outlier. They, they made a couple of runs in a row, but that's not common. Um, so I, I think I think Colorado, they're going to be good next year. They may struggle to reach these heights, but the Panthers have everything in place to to make a similar run because they, they do have their core intact, and it's going to have to be internal growth. Um, guys like Barkov, Huberdo, Ekblad, they're going to have to step up and prove they can perform in the playoffs. And, and um, it's about supplementing them the right way, but at the end of the day, your core has to be your leaders. Mm. And luckily for the Panthers, the the moves that they're trying to make is more of the debt pieces around them. And right. it's it's not the core pieces on the way out. And also, let's also talk about a, a story that has been told throughout the last 20 plus years um, with the great one, Wayne Gretzky, when he spoke about before he got to win his first championship, he mentioned on TNT and he's mentioned it before, how when he lost to the Islanders his first time, when the, when the Islanders won their fourth straight and him, he's just walking out of the arena and he doesn't even see the Islanders players celebrating. They, they see how exhausted they are. They're, they're putting ice bags all around them. They're, they're limping. And it just, it, it just like whenever you're playing that many games and that much of a grind, of course, we know it takes a toll off. Uh, on the body and it was obvious when watching these games with the tampa bay lightning as well in in these last few games you just saw that they ran out of not only gas but bodies john cooper was talking about how it it, if it had been a regular season game you might have seen an ahl roster out there and let's look at some of the injuries that tampa bay had um braden point uh uh, a significant tear in his quad uh, Nikita Kucherov, a meniscus injury and played through it. Anthony Sorelli, an AC joint sprain will need surgery. Uh, uh, a foot fracture for Brandon Hagel. Nick Paul uh, played through an AC joint sprain and an MCL sprain. Corey Perry, um, uh, an AC joint sprain on his uh, shoulder. Uh, McDonough, uh, a mangled finger and, and Pierre Alduard Bellamar, uh, had a meniscus injury. Those are all from Joe Smith of the athletic. And I'm not saying that the Florida Panthers should just go get hurt on purpose. I'm not saying that, but just the fact that of what is needed, whatever it's like definition of whatever means necessary when it comes to taking the hit near the boards, put putting your body in front of your goalie to protect them. This is what it takes. And I hate that it comes to the expense of these players health because there's a life outside of this sport, but you just see the hard work that it takes that we as fans kind of don't really kind of see in the moment when they are playing the games. But this is the, I kind of want to say kind of like the Mandalorian, this is the way when it comes to trying to win a cup. Exactly. Um, that list of Tampa injuries is pretty ridiculous. Um, Braden Point, even considering playing on a torn quad, you could tell he wasn't right even when he came back. But a torn quad, that's that's the type of injury that, for a normal human being, that ends your season immediately. 
Um, Anthony Sorelli is another, another one you pointed out because he had a sprained shoulder and then dislocated the other shoulder. So it, it's insane to me that he was even suiting up. Uh, he wasn't able to take face-offs anymore because he couldn't couldn't move his shoulders enough to do the, to take a face-off, but he was out there. Um, what I noticed with, the, with Tampa's list here is a lot of these guys are star players that are playing through these things. And in Colorado, of course, they, I'm sure they have a significant amount of injuries too. We just haven't heard about it yet. But um, Val Nashuskin is one who comes to mind. Um, his foot was is is broken. Um, he required a doctor to put his skate on and take it off for him for the final game. Uh, he wasn't able to take his skate off during intermissions because if he did, it would have uh, split it back on. And he played 23 minutes in the closeout game. Um, it's 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 pretty incredible. Um, and we haven't really seen the Panthers to see if they if they're battle if they're able to be battle tested like that because they haven't gone far enough yet. But time will tell if the Panthers have have that that will to win and, and the ability to play through anything and be effective uh, as they make more deep playoff runs. We'll get the answer to that question. So it's not. I've, I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, our guys aren't capable of doing that. We have a team that's not as tough." We don't know yet. They haven't had that deep run. We don't know if, what they would do in that situation. So we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but that's, like you said, that's how it's done. Um, it, it's a brutal sport, and that's how you have to win sometimes. So uh, we'll see if the Panthers have, have that kind of um, willingness to play through anything. Uh, I, I really don't like that phrase, play through anything. It's it's kind of a hockey culture that it's difficult to, to justify putting your health on the line for, for a, a trophy. But um, it, it, that's kind of how the sport is, and we'll see. We'll see if the Panthers have that. Um, but yeah, that's. It, it's hard to even look at that Tampa injury list and not marvel at how they were able to, to get that far. It, it, that is pretty incredible. The fact that they were able to get on the ice and even skate around before you even do any drills or en- take any shots as well, skate backwards, any of that. The fact that uh, they were able to even fill a lineup there, it's just incredible. And and sometimes uh, you you could ask anyone in the on the Blackhawks uh, when they were winning uh, their three Stanley Cups in a six year span um, of some of the injuries that they had to go through as well the Pittsburgh Penguins as well so it, it's 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 part of the game uh, of what, like like we talked about it, it sucks that it it has sometimes uh, comes. It, at an expense out off the ice as well with the injuries off the ice it, it stinks for these guys but we hope that not, um they're able to also get the rehab off the ice as well when whenever they're able to and then come back healthy the, the next season and you um, know and you know there's there's one more thing i want to add on that um something that doesn't get enough credit is the medical staff of these teams throughout these runs uh behind the scenes and, and taking care of these guys between games uh for example, Colorado, Andre Burakovsky had been dealing with an injury the entire playoffs until he finally suffered a second one that took him out for the last couple of games. Uh, same with Gabe Landeskog. He came back from a knee surgery and he came back too soon. Um, these guys were not practicing in between games. They were undergoing treatment instead of practice. They were calling them maintenance days the entire playoff run. So what you don't hear about, you hear maintenance day, but Every maintenance day is a team of doctors, a team of trainers, making sure that, that players are ready to, to suit up the next night. So they, they deserve a lot of credit, too. All of what happens when the cameras aren't on them. Some, sometimes those are, the, those are the 
things that really make the difference when you do step on the ice. In the next segment, we're going to discuss some of the transactions that the Florida Panthers had in the last few days. We're going to discuss about that all in the third segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here with me. And Jacob, we spoke all about depth when it comes to the Panthers on what they need to do via via their trades uh, this upcoming season and relating it to the Colorado Avalanche. So there's been a few transactions for the Florida Panthers in the last uh, few days. Uh, Let's start off with a player that is no longer going to be in the picture for the Panthers, at least we don't see it that way is Maxim Mammon is re-signing with the KHL for Siska of Moscow. Um, not the first time that he's left uh, the Panthers to go back over there. But uh, as far as uh, as far as his time in the Panthers, uh, the, the last season, uh, he's had a few top-line minutes in order to fill, like, a spot there, and that it doesn't mess it with the chemistry of, like, a Barkov and a Verhage, so... It was a good uh, complimentary piece, and of course he brought a speed factor to the Panthers. But as far as the the hands and as far as uh, creating uh, plays um, for the Panthers, uh, I guess the that Bill Zito doesn't see him as any more part of the picture going forward. And the next transaction for the Panthers is Matt Kierstead, uh an undrafted, uh, undrafted free agent that signed with the Panthers just last season out of out of University of North Dakota on a two-year ELC. He got he did get a two-year extension, which I love the I love the details of the contract, and I'll tell you why. The first year is a two-way deal, where um, where he has a little bit of time to season, where five defensemen on the Panthers, though Lucas Carlson is still in need of a qualifying offer, which I think the Florida Panthers do eventually do so. Um, I like that it's a two-way deal because if Kirstead were to go on waivers, I think he was somebody that would get claimed by someone as as a development piece. So it gives them a little bit of time to go up and down of the AHL as well and, and fill in a spot if there is happens to be an injury. And then, of course, the second year is definitely that prove it deal. If there's, of course, if there's more expiring contracts on on the Panthers and went um, and a chance to actually make the team full time in the 2023-24 season. So, uh, a few, uh, uh, and we spoke about some of the throwing on the darts that uh, Bill Zito has to do in order to create a successful team. We talk about um, we we spoke about. Ryan Lomberg as well. Earlier in the in, earlier in the season, he earned himself an extension at a very good uh, cap hit for the Panthers for a fourth liner. So that um, creating creating those chances for players in, as role players at, at very good value, team friendly deals. So this is a this is another one that could possibly work for the Florida Panthers. Agreed. Um, so first, w- with regard to Mammon. Um, he definitely had his chances last year, played a lot of games in the top six. Um, no, nothing against Bill Zito giving him that chance last season just to see what he had in, in Mammon as a player. Um, I also don't fault Mammon for going back to Russia. Um, he's a top-notch player there. He won a championship with Moscow. Uh, I, I feel certain his deal to go back home for that three-year contract is a lot more money than he would have earned in a bottom six Um healthy scratch type role here in North America. So I can't fault him for that. 
uh, he gave it a, he gave it a shot. He came back to the U.S. to play pro hockey here and see if it would pan out. It didn't necessarily, but um, still, no shame in playing pro hockey in the second best league in the world over in the KHL. So I don't fault him for going home. Um, now with Kierstead, um, he was a highly regarded prospect as a uh, undrafted free agent coming out of uh, North Dakota. I'm really happy to see the Panthers investing in him for a third and fourth year. Um, I think some people haven't been too happy with his development so far. They expected better just because of the, the amount of offers he had coming out. But defensemen take some time. And even though he's 24 years old, he's only played two pro hockey seasons. So giving him that these next two years to really uh, hone his craft and, and build his game, I think by the time he gets to that second year where it's a one-way, he's ready to, to fill in a spot on the on the pro roster. And um, these are small moves and, and nothing that, that people are going to read too much into, but depth is important and having it in-house is huge. Um, not having to go out and, and buy depth is, is a big part of, of being a successful team. So Kirstead, I, I think he's going to have a good season in Charlotte. Um, I'm sure he's probably the first defenseman getting called up in, in cases of injuries or, or underperforming. And he's going to compete with Lucas Carlson for that last, for that 6D spot. I really do feel like he's got a shot at it. So um, I'm, I'm really happy with the contract they gave him. Yeah. And you, like we, like we talk about Luke, um, he's going to be challenging for that seventh defenseman spot as well. Along with the, the we also mentioned that Bill Zito uh, took a flyer on Cal Zalen, uh, who was a former fifth round pick of the New York Rangers as well. So he's going to be challenging for multiple, uh, uh, multiple players are going to be challenging for that seventh spot. Uh, and this is before the, free agency too, as well. Yeah. So this is a good, this is a good time for him to get it. And of course, with the little bit amount of money, if you put like one, you're putting like one little contract at a time before, before you have to make the big move, which will be, we talked about Patrick Hornquist. We possibly another defenseman could be on the move as well. But let's also talk about who's going to be a UFA not this offseason, but the next offseason as well. Let's take a look of, about who's going to be a, a free agent. Um, Mackenzie Weger is going to be a UFA two years um, next offseason, as well as Radko Gudis. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure that as Radko Gudis uh, gets a little older, he's 32 right now, going into 33. Don't know what his future uh, with the Panthers looks like. Uh, very unlikely being that he's a third pairing defenseman uh, and Mackenzie Weger, uh, a guy who's looking for his first really big uh, uh, deal. Um, he, of course, he signed that three year deal, one of Bill Zito's first signings with the Panthers and uh, at 3.25. Um, Weger is going to look so for something more than six million. That's for sure. And he's going to be looking for for term as far as the the term part for the Panthers. I'm not sure if I'm going to give – I would give that contract with the long term for Mackenzie Weger. So if the Panthers decide not to to get, give that contract to Mackenzie Weger and he ends up walking uh, a few years from now, that I'm not saying that Matt Kierstead is lord and savior defenseman as far as that, but definitely a, a roster spot for him to be to be – to stick there as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think these moves have to be made not with just an eye on this coming season, but like you said, um, we kind of have a three-year window where, where players are going to be locked in and then some players might start to splinter off and guys are due raises. Having someone who you can develop uh, through your farm system and have them in place for when that time comes, that's extremely valuable. 
Uh, I think Kirstead is a guy who has the kind of upside where he could um, he could develop into a really key part of the roster. Uh, that's why everyone was so high on him coming out of out of college. He's a puck mover. Uh, the direction the game has gone in, he's got the foot speed. He's got the the first pass, the outlet pass. He's a puck mover. Um, so I think he's going to get a shot next year. And if he ends up developing in Charlotte, even better because that means the Panthers' defense is in a good place. Um, and and again, as we talk about filling these depth roles, it's important to remember, uh, as we're looking at free agency in a few days, fans need to also realize that the roster you start the season with uh, after free agency, after re-signing and, and making moves, is not the roster you end the season with. Um, you have to build something that'll get you to the trade deadline where, then, where you then add improvements and reinforcements. And that's, um, it, we talk about Colorado, their success. Uh, they were they were nicknamed Trader Joe's at the deadline because Joe Sackett made so many moves. Um, Josh Manson was the big one, but you, they get guys like uh, Nico Sturm, Andrew Cogliano, uh, Arturi Lekkinen. These are depth guys that filled out the bottom of their roster and came up huge in the playoffs. So what we have now is not what we're going to finish with. It's it's no cause for panic if, if Kirstead starts the year as our sixth or seventh defenseman because that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be stuck there the entire year. Yeah, and I'm hoping that when he is up in on the Florida Panthers roster that it's just not a body there being scratched. And I hope that that's that's where the two-way deal comes into play, where he gets the games and he gets the reps that needed uh, necessary for, for, right. for him down in Charlotte. So my hope is that he's not on the Panthers um, NHL roster and just being scratched night in and night out. That's uh, But, of course, like I said, Two-way contract really helps with that uh, scenario. Lucas Carlson, um, probably probably not the same situation for him if, if he is qualified an offer as well. So uh, so definitely we could expect Lucas Carlson. Chances are if he is qualified an offer that he will in fact be the seventh defenseman on, on this team. And like like we like we said, lack of gra- draft capital is gonna make it an even harder trade deadline next next year. So we could even see a move to set up another move. Because we saw that with the Frank Vitrano trade just just this past offseason, putting yourself in that position. So we could see an expiring contract being moved for like a fourth, fifth round pick again, and then creating that that reinforcement, like you said. So it, it, it's about setting yourself up for that time of year. And that's when uh that's when all the notifications are just on for everybody, that's for sure. And it's just crazy times. And of course, we're we're in for crazy times uh coming up for 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 the Panthers, as far as the draft, um, not a lot of draft capital for them, but um, but a pick in every round from the third to the seventh, with the exce- with the exception of the sixth round, they have two sixth round picks. So still a lot to work with for the Panthers to make to rebuild the 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 this farm system after giving up so many assets. So it there not there is hope for this Florida Panthers team to to have more than just this three-year window if they draft and develop properly. So that's really what it's going to come down to. We saw it with uh, Tampa Bay, with Steve Eisman, all those late-round picks. Can Bill Zito pull it off? But, Jacob, I want to thank you for joining on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Yep, you can find me online on Twitter at JacobWinans8, and you can find my work on PantherParkway.com as usual. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining as always, and I will see you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, 
Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark Lee covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone tell, talk all about the futures of the NFL, your future drafts, all and all the prop bets coming up in each game in the next season as well. So subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.